to it. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you've blessed us with already this day and now the blessed opportunity to be able to get into your word once again. Help us as we study to understand it, learn it, and then encourage us to apply it properly and go out and share it with others as well. Thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Explain the Word series in the book of Corinthians. A letter of Paul written to the church at Corneth who was dealing with a lot of various issues. And here in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, see some teaching here concerning the spiritual gifts, the gifts that the Holy Ghost gives to us when we become a born-again Christian. The Holy Ghost comes into us immediately, and, and then we begin to grow as we are growing. He gives us various gifts. Some of these gifts can come upon you and stay upon you through your whole life as a Christian. Some of them come upon you for a particular purpose and a time, and you might have some of these in combination with others. So as we read them here, you'll see, this reads in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Let's back up a little bit here and we see an interesting way that it's worded. Back in verse 4, where it says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations. So why did he go from the word diversities and then use the word differences? Because basically diverse means different. But what you have is diversities of gifts. It means various types of gifts. And then where it says and there are differences of administrations. Different ways to utilize those diverse gifts is why they use the two different words here so you have various types of gifts and then different ways to apply and administer those particular gifts depending upon the situation as it continues verse 7 but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all the spirit being revealed in someone isn't just being revealed to them for their own good. It's for the benefit of everyone. Yes, it is for our own good, but not just our own good. It's what we need to always understand, that everything, all the many blessings that the Lord gives to us, is not just to keep for ourselves and to be selfish about it, is to share that. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. 
Another interesting thing to point out here about the two words, wisdom and knowledge. You would think that wisdom comes along with knowledge and that knowledge comes along with wisdom automatically. Well, no. You've got to understand what to do with the information that you have because knowledge is the, the volume or the content of information. Wisdom is how to properly apply that knowledge of information that you have. Such as you have two people that walk up to a snake, a copperhead or a rattlesnake or some other venomous snake. You have two people walk up to that and both of them see that and are both aware of that so they both have knowledge that that is a viperous snake and one of them has no knowledge that it can cause harm and he reaches down and picks the snake up and gets bit. He had knowledge that that was a snake, but he didn't apply the knowledge properly with wisdom that you don't pick up a snake that's going to bite you and hurt you. So you got to apply the knowledge that the Lord has given you properly by applying the wisdom that the Lord gives you. So the acquisition of knowledge is one part of it, but you must have wisdom in order to apply and utilize that knowledge correctly. That's why they broke it into two different places here. There's a lot of people that have been given knowledge, but are not yet mature enough to properly apply that knowledge. Others are given knowledge and wisdom, and they are, as he spoke of earlier there, to share that. So you share that wisdom with the others that may have some knowledge, but don't have the wisdom yet to apply that knowledge properly. Read 8 again. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And then back up there in verse 7 where it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. We are to come together. He's always wanting everybody to come together and work together as one body. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will as the Lord wills, as His will is. That's how He gives it out. That's how He administers it. That's how He shares it and manifests it. And then we are to take that by His guidance and apply it properly. And the unity is so important in all this. When you take all these gifts and you apply them properly and use the wisdom of God in order to properly apply these various gifts, we see we come together as a body as He gets into here next. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is therefore not of the body. And if the ear 
shall say, because I am not the I, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased Him. Notice, as it has pleased Him. So when we realize what we are in the body of Christ, we need to understand that it is by His will that we are that particular member of that body. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, no schism, no division, no arrogant, puffed-up individuals who think they are better because they are a particular part of the body and that they think that it is the best part of the body. And then they start pulling off from the rest of the body and say, well, I don't need the rest of the body because I'm the special part. Not supposed to do such things. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And that's what it gets to. Come together as a body, caring for each other, knowing that you depend upon each other to be a complete body. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. It's like if you stump your toe, your whole body is feeling it. Your whole body is hurting. Your whole body is in anger because, or in, in ill feeling or something because you bumped your toe. The whole body feels it. And that's what he's speaking of there. So everybody needs to come together. One suffers, they all suffer. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church. Now he starts gets into some of the categories of the members of the parts of the body within the church description. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, Diversities of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. To come together, be thankful for what the Lord has given you, Utilize what the Lord has given you, and as you grow, He can give you even more and grow you into various parts of the ministry of the body of the church. And have a desire to be the very best at whatever the Lord gives you. Do it to the fullest. Roll right into chapter 13. 
Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. It gets into the subject of speaking in tongues. Now we've got to understand what is speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is speaking in another language. Another language that is known to someone on the planet. Now there is also a belief that there is a language that you only speak directly to the Lord and that that language you might be able to utter where somebody else could hear that, but that is of no benefit to anybody else. Unless somebody else around there can interpret that language, it is no benefit to anybody else except yourself. And many people will learn There are people that actually teach other people to speak in what they consider an unknown language or a language that is not of mankind. They teach other people how to say that so that they can get up and repeat those words that they don't even know what they are themselves just to try to impress other people as being that they are something holy and special because they have this unknown language that nobody else in the world has but just them and the Lord. There's a lot of, of... Heresy, you might say, there's a lot of falsehood out there. There's a lot of arrogant people puffed up that do such things just to try to impress people around them. Now, the true gift of speaking in tongues was given to the apostles very early on in the book of Acts, in chapter 2. And it was given for a specific purpose, and that was to be able to communicate to others in a language that they understood that was not previously familiar to yourself. To be able to understand and speak a foreign language to spread the gospel. That's the total purpose for speaking in tongues. Is to be able to communicate to other people in their language so they can understand the gospel. Not to get up and hoot and holler and impress people because you can speak in another language. That's all arrogance. That's all piety. That's all selfishness. Not to be done in such a way. And he gets into that in the next couple of chapters here. It's about the confusion that people would, would do. They, they would learn another language. Then they would get up and they would start speaking that other language to other people that didn't know that language just to try to impress them that they had the ability to do such a thing. As he continues, he gets into that. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have the, all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. This charity is the sincere concern for someone else's well-being, not the selfish desire to show off the gift that you've been given. And that's what he's getting into. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. That's part of the things that they were dealing with. That's what he was teaching them. When you you have these various gifts, whatever category that might be in, don't use them to puff yourself up to show off for somebody else how great you are. Then you blew it. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. This charity is not just talking about giving out donations. This is a deep and sincere concern for someone else's well-being. That's what true charity is. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. 
beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, there shall fail. Where, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. See, here he's also identifying the behavior and attitude of some people when they receive some of the gifts, some of the blessings of the Lord. It's like a bunch of selfish little kids. You've got to grow up. For now we see through a glass darkly. I've given the illustration of looking through a pinhole. Here he's talking about looking through a dark glass, like a dirty window. You can't really see through it properly. We see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. When? He's talking about what he previously said about when the Lord comes. In verse 10, But when that which is perfect is come, speaking of Jesus Christ, so he's speaking of when Jesus Christ comes, verse 12 will apply. Currently we cannot see clearly, but when Jesus Christ comes, then we will be able to be in full revelation of everything. But then face to face, face to face with Jesus Christ. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. When you have that sincere concern for someone else's well-being, applying it properly, then the Lord's going to give you so many other things. Chapter 14. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. This is what I was talking about earlier. If you're speaking in an unknown tongue, there's nobody around to understand the language that you're using, then it's not benefiting. It's not charitable. It's not helping others. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive the edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine? And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinct distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. 
words that are understood, languages that are understood. If you're not speaking in a way that people understand what you're saying, it's worthless. You're speaking to the air. This goes beyond foreign languages. This goes to some folks that have been so what they consider well-educated that they have learned words that are not commonly used and they like to stand up and impress everybody with all their marvelous words that somebody out there is like, well, what does that even mean? I ain't got a clue what he just said, but it sure sounds impressive the way he delivered it. He must really be brilliant. No, he's arrogant and selfish and is not really communicating. you got to present it in a way that people can understand it whether it's in fancy words or whether it's in foreign words. you got to be able to communicate. Otherwise, you're speaking to the air, as he said. Give me verse 10. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Signification. There are all the various words. He's speaking of languages, and they are significant to those particular groups, those tribes. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. In other words, somebody that is foreign and is totally unable to communicate to each other. Even so ye, for as much as ye be zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church." edifying of the church. Once again, coming back all the way to this, that we benefit the church. That's the family of believers. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. He was blessed with that ability because he was a missionary that went to all kinds of various people groups that were in that region, in that area, Gentiles, various tribes, and so forth. And the Lord gave him the ability to be able to speak those languages everywhere that he went. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not, but prophesying serveth, not for them that believe not, but for them that believe. If therefore the whole church be become 
together into one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those that unlearned that are unlearned or unbelievers will they not say that you are mad you walk into a room you got a whole bunch of folks standing up speaking in various languages and nothing can be understood you think that's a crazy bunch verse 24 but if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned he is convinced of all he is judged of all and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest and so falling down on his face he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth how is it then brethren when ye come together every one of you hath a psalm hath a doctrine hath a tongue hath a revelation hath an interpretation let all be done unto edifying that's edifying of the church not to the individuals if any man speak in an unknown tongue let it be by two or at the most by three and that by course and let one interpret got to be interpreted but if there be no interpreter let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Not just a big chaotic mess with everybody hooting and hollering and speaking in tongues and rolling in the floor and everything, and nobody knows what's going on other than it's quite a spectacle to see. It's got to be in order. It says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now he gets into a subject that's kind of controversial. Depends on how you want to look at it and interpret it. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. What, came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet the prophecy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Now, backing it up there to where he's talking about the women, there was a particular issue that was going on in Corneth about how some of the women in the various cultures were trying to be overpowering of the men, and he's trying to put them in their proper place because as the Lord created Adam and then created Eve from Adam's rib that he spoke of earlier as we were studying in Corinthians. The, the head of the church is Jesus Christ, and then you have in the order Jesus Christ, then man, then the woman. Keep it in the proper order. 
because the woman is to be submissive to her husband and both of them submissive to God. So to have the woman lifted up in authority or power over the men would be in violation. It goes all the way back to Genesis. Because when you have a husband and wife relationship, the husband is the head of the home, spiritual head of the home, not the, the wife, as well as in the church. The spiritual leaders of the church are the men, not the women. But then you go back. I don't know if i got time to get into that. Hang on a second. Yeah, it would take all day to explain the rest of that. Uh, but... <laughs> quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. But I've had people say, well, the King James is really hard on, on women, the way they try to cut women down and stuff like that. I said, no, you got to look at all of it. you got to put it in the right place. What is he talking about? In what order are they speaking of? The Lord lifted up women very highly. The Lord gave women the first opportunity to be missionaries. Mary Magdalene, the first missionary of all time, to go out and preach the the gospel of the resurrection of Jesus Christ was given to Mary Magdalene. She was the first one told to go tell the apostles what was going on. So all through here we have the references of how important women are throughout the whole Bible, as well as what Paul is putting in order here of a particular issue that was going on at Corinth at the time, that not to let the women come up in power when there's men there to take care of that. So don't take out of context one statement in here that he uses and build an entire belief system on it like some people have done to try to keep the women down, which is wrong. not supposed to do that. We are equal in the eyes of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many blessings you give us and the blessed opportunity you've given us to be able to get into your word. Help us to always apply it properly and use it in the right way and share it with others. Thank you oh so much for all that. We pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.